Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Sunitsu, and this week we will be discussing Digimon Mechanical Color Identity. But before we get into that, um, for those of you that don't know, we are on all streaming platforms, starting with Spotify, Apple Music, the like, so if you wish to listen to us in a completely audio format, feel free to do so. There'll be a link in the description of this video. Uh, we also stream on Twitch. And obviously the videos also go up on my YouTube as well. So there's multiple different ways to enjoy us at your leisure. So this week with the competitive laps in tournament results, we have uh, less to talk about of the current meta. So we figured we'd use this opportunity to talk about one of our more freeform topics that being Digimon Mechanical Color Identity and what it means to the card game. So Mechanical Color Identity is something not new to anyone who's played any kind of card game that has like its own designated colors. Usually there'll be specific mechanics and specific things that is uh, more in line with a particular color that others don't share, and that's what creates like the diversity in different types of gameplay. Digimon is no exception to this, except it's a little bit more loose in terms of what it's sharing and how it's sharing its uh, mechanics. Yeah, so uh, should be no uh, new news to anyone who's listened to this podcast before, but a lot of my history of card games comes from Magic the Gathering, and Magic the Gathering, not only did they create the idea of a trading card game, but they came up with this idea of a color-based separation of identity and power and how each color has different things that they do and they are so ascribed to this that while they have broken the color pie as it's known like giving certain colors abilities that they normally do not get they they stick so strictly to these rulings and these mechanical identities that there is a literal list that they update every so often usually every couple two or three years with that list of which color is primarily attached to which mechanics and there's some lore theming that really goes with it but it, it is mostly a mechanical identity as far as the, how the so if say a designer were to come to the drawing board of i want to design a new white creature what is the what kinds of abilities would a white creature have and there's a literal list and digimon right now still is a relatively new game we're only like what two years into it um and the card pool just reached like over a hundred uh or a thousand five hundred cards something like that so it's not like it's like a huge huge card game with a lot of different things but it still has for the most part, stuff that you'll generally find on each of the different colors. Like, the big example is blockers. Well, black is the color that's most associated with blockers, just as an example. Security Attack Plus is more of a red one. Security Attack Minus is more of a yellow one. Um, then you have Piercing, which is more of a green thing. Uh, drawing is actually a blue thing. I guess Jamming might be a better example. Yeah, we'll go with Jamming. Jamming is more of a blue thing um so on and so forth like each of the colors do have something they generally 
have in abundance compared to some of the others, even though you still might find these types of abilities on other colors. It's just not as frequent. Yeah, and in addition to the, the keywords of the individual cards, colors are often associated with types of effects or um, groups of effects. So in Digimon, an easy example would be like adding cards to your hand via effects of some kind. Blue is a lot of cares about cards in hand, cares about adding cards to hand, and that is a color identity that is pretty much exclusive to blue exclusively. I mean, like, other colors do have card draw and effects to help draw cards, but as far as the hand matters... Yeah. Hand matters, um, yeah. Yeah, it that's more of a blue identity thing. Like, I kind of was, like, going back and forth on how I wanted to approach this, and I approached it a couple times in a few different videos, but I actually think, like, one of the core um designs on how each color plays out is each color is playing with a different aspect of the the in quotation marks field so you have uh red which is obviously the battle area that's where it shines the most you have green which i would probably say is raising because of the cost efficiency of its evolutions then you have purple which is the trash a lot of the cards want to do something with the trash and interact with the trash you have yellow which is security blue which is um hand and then you have um black which is the deck so there's a lot of cards that interact with cards off of the deck stacking cards from the deck obviously this isn't like a perfect one-to-one -one, but that was just an idea that i was playing with on each color has a specific zone it generally favors and plays with the most yeah that's actually a fairly interesting thing. I didn't really think of it that way, but as you listed it off, I really couldn't disagree with you too much there. Each color does at least deal with a certain area, um, which also maybe leans into each color's strengths and weaknesses somewhat, because as we've seen in the past, cheap evolutions aren't exclusively a green thing. And gaining memory back from evolutions is is a way that is also a powerful ability that doesn't involve the raising area at all. So maybe that's why green hasn't been as competitive a color in the last couple sets. And that's also kind of like an attribute to uh, the success of purple because purple is 110% about the trash if the deck doesn't have a way to be able to set up its trash fast and efficiently enough, then you are just going to be functionally slower than some of the other colors that just need less of a setup or less investment in its setup. So, um, yeah, it's no new idea that Digimon borrows quite a bit of its mechanical color identity from Magic, being, again, the original color-based card game. Um, Digimon's implementation of the color system is what initially drew me to the card game, on top of the fact that it was a card game based on a franchise I was familiar with from my childhood. But it, it really is the memory system and the color implementation that has kept me here, at least. I know I've gone on record multiple times in the past saying that uh, if the designers of 
um, if, if, you know, the designers that created this from Bandai lost the IP and wanted to continue making it after Bandai decided to drop it or for whatever reason, and they just made the same card game, but they just replaced the Digimon with, you know, non-copyrighted various monsters that evolved, I would still play it. Yeah, like, it, it's definitely in an interesting position in terms of, like, its mechanical identity, and I think, like, one of the big strengths is the fact that they do design and make the cards around the lore for better or for worse. So, like, we get mechanics, like, that's coming out in BT10, not to get too ahead of us, but uh, the save mechanic and the material save mechanic. Those are more flavor-themed mechanics. There's no identity really attached to them outside of, well, the context of the show and how that uh, those cards interact with each other from that season or series. Uh, Armor Purge is kind of similar to that as well, where it doesn't necessarily have a strict color identity attached to it. It's just these are the Digimon that Digivolve from um, their rookie form to armor-based Digimon. Um, and obviously we saw that armor purge could be used more than just on the armor based Digimon again, looking a little bit more into BT 10, but, uh, so there is room for these mechanics to grow past their archetypical, um, design, but, um, uh, that's like one of the core strengths is just coming from an established IP gives you a lot of room to breathe and create some new and interesting things. Again, whether it's overpowered or underpowered is to be determined, but it's at least fun and very thematic when players understand that reference, and that creates some sort of attachment to it. Yeah. Something I think Digimon does a good job of is marrying the two concepts of making something that makes sense and is good for a card game from a game design perspective to play with, to design with, and then attaching it to referencing the show and its lore and how it can then be applied to the card game in a way that doesn't just scream fan service outwardly. Um, but so just as a concept, what mechanical color identity is, because it, it's very explicitly defined by magic and i'm borrowing heavily from the structure that magic uses because they care enough to define strict color identity so um digimon and bandai are less strict with their interpretations of it um but they still borrow heavily from it and as a result i feel like the magic the gathering is still relevant starting with they use different terminology to define how common slash how important a mechanical identity is to that color you have primary mechanics which is the color scene ability in most which so you have certain colors that kind of almost own certain keywords maybe not exclusively but so blue jamming is a very easy example Blue is not the only color that gets jamming, but if you laid all the blue, all the jamming cards out at once, they'd be mostly blue. I can't disagree with that. Um, piercing is mostly a green thing, like just going over some of the mechanics really quickly. Recovery is mostly a yellow thing. Obviously, Jessmon uh, kind of shows us that we could have red recover uh, in white cards, uh, even though that's technically a red deck. 
Um, then you have black, obviously, with blockers is a big one. Um, but obviously, blockers. D Digivolve would be a more. better example. Yeah, D Digivolve is. I don't actually think we've had a card outside of uh, black that uses D Digivolve. Um, if I could spell it now correctly. I'm curious. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm actually curious. Um, um but like D Digivolve was supposedly uh Black's thing. Nope, it's all uh, black. And at the beginning, yeah. And at the beginning, D Digivolve was seen as this like really bad thing because it's like, okay, you spent all this meta memory to shrink my Digimon, then I just build it back up back mm -hmm. up. So like they um, obviously have improved the game dramatically since then to make it where it's actually more impactful um but that is more of a black thing along with reboot uh reboot is also more of a black mechanic i don't think we see a whole lot of reboot outside of black um retaliation is one for purple uh digiburst they kind of dropped uh we haven't seen any digiburst and it was kind of like a widespread thing kind of like a testing ground I think the majority of Digiburst ended up being in blue and green. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish that they would go back to it. Rush was definitely more of a... Um, well, I can't really put a color to Rush. I would want to say it's like a red thing, uh, but it actually has seen more play in uh, purple, actually. Rush? So, Rush well, yeah. so yeah, technically purple, as far as it's most common implementations you've got yeah. cerberus werewolf mode anubis mon which gives things rush so it, it attaches rush to things um and then gankumon or ginkaku promote and black gato so it's pretty much a uh then mechanic. you also have uh, myotis there's a myotis mon that gives you retaliation rush as well mm. didn't come up when i searched it but um oh. so anyway yeah, like as like, you can see, there there are like mechanics tied to colors, and their themes rotate around these identities. Um, something that I was very interested in that like basically, I it was my reinvestment in for into Digimon as far as like interested in the card game and like doubling down on why I like the card game was initial implementation of the dual color cards and what that meant as far as a merging of mechanical color identity every card that is printed right now for the most part i guess outside of the armors because they're kind of in a weird spot as anitsu mentioned they oh well, well they, they have the armor yeah they just have ideas that borrow from both of its color pairings so, like, Master Tyrannomon, your turn, all of your Tyrannomon get sec plus one. That's that's the red. Tyrannomon is traditionally green, but because this one's part red, you get the sec plus one. Um, what, so Rapidmon, another great example. Um, you know, suspend an opponent's Digimon for each tamer you have in play. Even in that one line of text that is two mechanical identities combined to one. Suspending opponent's Digimon green uh caring about the amount of tamers you have at least at this point in time yellow and then up to three of your opponents suspended digimon get minus 5000 dp also yellow 
even like going back to some of the older cards, like you have stuff like uh, BT1 Omnimon, where it digivolves off of red and blue, and it borrows mechanics from both red and blue to kind of symbolize that. On Suspend, this Digimon by bouncing a level 6 from its sources back to your hand. That's a very blue thing. Just the act of unsuspending usually is seen on a lot of blue cards because blue doesn't really have a whole lot of instances of Security Attack Plus. Um, and then the Delete the Opponent's Digimon Outright part is a more red effect. So even all the way back in uh, the game when some of the cards weren't necessarily two colors, they were still playing with the idea of merging those colors together. Even some of the uh, not-so-older cards, uh, but like the old um, two-color cards that use the evolution cost of both that are generally supposed to try to be two colors, like the old Dino Beamon as an example, it has piercing, green, and jamming, blue. So it's still trying to merge the mechanics together, and I think like that merger just makes things more interesting because things aren't as hard-locked as they seem, and some of the fun is trying to break those color pies or color uh, restrictions to be able to come up with new and exciting combinations that could do absolutely insane things. And all of these name-based synergy cards is making things even more open and more free just because now if I really wanted to, I could use my yellow Agumon in my uh, red Agumon X Antibody deck just because of Agumon X Antibody digivolving on top of just an Agumon. So if I really wanted to, I could have a blue Agumon and like now I'm dipping into my toes in blue. Not saying that's good, uh, but I'm saying it's still possible. Yeah. Um, just because it, I think these... Uh, examples are too important to leave out. Uh, another ex easy example is the uh, BT10 Blue Flare strategy is a lot of Greymon stuff, but they're all they're all blue Greymons, and it's uh, Decker Dramon and Decker Greymon and um, Metal Greymon and what, Male Bergeron. But yeah, because the Digicross mechanic references just Greymon then the deck includes one to two copies of the red starter Greymon with the, the sec plus one inheritable because it doesn't specify that it has to be a blue Digimon. So the deck can gain access to sec plus one um, t atta attaching the source from your hand using the uh, Digicross mechanic to then A, make the card cheaper, but B, give it access to inheritable it otherwise would not be able to and the other interesting part is like just how the colors generally like to function as a whole like i kind of already described like my base idea on like um where each of the colors generally like to play but each of the colors also has its own like checks and balances in terms of oh this is how the color aggresses and this is how the color controls so each of the colors have their own sets of uh, different ways to be able to approach the game in terms of like what you as a player like. So if you like the more trash-based synergies, uh, but you also like deleting through DP, um, then you're looking at a conflict between red and uh, purple. But if you just like the act of deleting through uh, level base, then now you're leaning more into purple. Uh, but if you like D-Digivolve and deleting through level, 
uh, or not level by cost, then you're leaning more into black. Like each of the colors has its own different ways of being able to solve different solutions. And some might be better than the others given different times in the meta and how the meta tends to shape up and play. I know there's kind of like this long running joke where blue is the best color, but it's one of the best colors because it has access to one of the tools that a lot of the other colors don't. And that's consistency through drawing cards like their hands matters. And that's something that's a very powerful tool in a lot of card games. Yeah, in in most card games, card draw is something that isn't exclusive to a particular color. Certain colors do it better than others, but in a game as unique as Digimon, because of how frequently you're already drawing, additional card draw, especially unrestricted and repeatable nature of Blue's card draw, such as the promo Garurumon that's currently seeing play in the arguable best deck of the meta, that's what allows them to be such an hyper-aggressive, focused because they're even if they don't have their pieces, they are allowed to potentially overreach for those pieces, and the times they do see the the piece they need that they didn't have previously, they can then either continue their combo or just close out the game. And as far as like bringing this to the current uh, format that we're in, this is why Cool Boy is such an important card, is because it allows these X antibody based decks to be able to overreach and that's what's making all of these x antibody decks perform as well as they are compared to some of the other decks like uh let's just say imperial like i'm not saying imperial is not a good deck it's just the way the meta is currently playing he's not going to be as effective or as efficient as something like an x antibody based deck so i guess going one step further right we we can see the color and how they influences the mechanics of the cards themselves. But something that magic goes to that I think Digimon could really learn from is not only do the colors matter for themselves, they matter for each other. So the actual color pie is uh, pentag Pentagon, Jesus, I was going to say Pentagram, Pentagon, that is, you know, from top, moving clockwise, white, blue, black, red, green. Wooberg, as it is commonly referred to. And um, that orientation matters in the mechanical identity of the card game. So um, in, in a lot of ways, it is mostly name-based, but there are cards that reference this orientation and these alignments. So the, the way that this um, pentagon is interpreted is that the colors directly next to you on either side, your left and right hand, your neighbors, are your ally colors. And your colors opposite you are then considered enemy colors. Colors that you either conflict with morally or mechanically sometimes. Um, so something that is a straight color break something that is traditionally not done though i guess it's not a strict color break but it, it it's pretty close and it was then banned as a result of that and they even the developers went back and said that this was a mistake and we really don't do this often and we were wrong to do it here too 
but green in magic doesn't get access to counter magic. It is that's just not it's in its philosophy. It's not in its play design. But not too long ago, they did receive a standard playable, essentially counter spell called Veil of Summer, and it was a one green instant option card. It's not option, it's instant spell that um, draw a card if an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn, referencing those enemy colors. Green's enemy colors are blue and black. So if you're playing against a blue or black spell or deck, then this card is better, slightly better, right? That, that But that text isn't required. The more important part is spells you control cannot be countered this turn. Also referencing blue and black, black has counter spells but they're not usually strict usually it's kind of like you pay something to prevent something s cards along the like and then permanence you control gain hex proof so cannot be targeted or affected by cards that are blue or black until the end of turn so this very easy example of why that orientation matters and how it's then applied mechanically to the card game and right now, Digimon being as loose as it is, especially with all of these two-color Digimon being more about the theme of the Digimon themselves rather than the colors that they represent, um, kind of doesn't really have that. And like, we're not necessarily saying Digimon needs to be something this strict, but having something a little bit more concrete wouldn't necessarily hurt in terms of having players identify themselves with a particular playstyle. Like me, as an example, I am usually a very aggressive player. I play very low-to-the-ground aggressive decks. So blue actually tends to be one of my favorite colors in uh, Digimon because not only do they have some of the best card draw in the game, they also have good memory manipulation and management on top of having some of the best low-end cards available to me, which is something very, very appealing. The fact that with Garurumon, as an example, being my current deck in BT9, I don't have to go all the way up to a level 6 is something very appealing to me. I need to see less of my important pieces, and I'm less invested in my stack in order to be just as aggressive as some of the other stacks that need to go into their level 6. Um, and Nako, I know he's more of a control-based player, so uh, he tends to favor yellow and purple a lot just because those are the more control-heavy colors with some of the best removal options and best uh, management and resource generation in terms of card advantage because they have their own strengths and weaknesses on being able to utilize their cards effectively and efficiently. Yeah. Um, something we really haven't mentioned yet, but um, so we talked a lot about you know, magic has five colors. These are what the colors mean, enemy, ally. But something that Digimon decided to do different was they they took one color and they split it and they made it two. Because honestly, as far as its actual implementation of mechanics, um, purple and black are kind of both black in magic. Not exclusively, but... As far as their general purposes, it's mostly purple. Like, a lot of purple comes from black and magic. But black in Digimon is almost kind of its own beast. It's, yeah, like, it, black and magic is more 
color lined with purple in Digimon, but black kind of ha fills this anti-meta void that isn't a thing in Magic. And that's why black sometimes has some like random successes is because it just takes the right person to find the right combination uh, for that anti-meta-ness to form. So like people are always asking like, oh, what does, as an example, Diaboramon look like in this type of a format? Well, Diaboramon got a lot of anti-meta tools to be able to handle different situations. It has blockers for uh, um, basically the OTK based decks. It has um, a decoy for um, protection um, on some of their Digimon. They have Rush if they need to. They have Security Attack Plus. Like they, they have all of these different tools, but it's up to you, the player, to decide the right combination for the right environment in order for that deck to see any form of success. Um, and right now, Alphamon, having all of these protections on top of Security Attack Plus, on top of uh, having hyper consistent plays, like it is just the most anti meta deck because nothing can really touch or interact with it. And that's why it was performing as well as it is. And even though Garurumon is kind of slowly outpacing it, um, just because it moves faster than Alphamon doesn't mean Alphamon still isn't a good deck. Something that uh, Digimon also went ahead and did differently is that Magic has colorless cards colorless mana and it's used as the general gap filler but it also has a couple unique identities to its lack of color um specifically with regard to the eldrazi but they're kind of their own thing but uh for digimon's purposes they've kind of taken white and made white the catch-all splashable um kind of we want to give something to every deck, but also not have to restrict it by giving it a color, you know? The the way I kind of described it early on, and I think one of my past videos when I discussed this, is white is uh, the color where it doesn't want to interact with other colors. So they slap white if they don't want it to be played with particular colors. So um, taking... Um, as an example, Omnimon. Why is Omnimon not red from BT1? Well, it's because in the environment it was designed in, if it was red in BT1, then it interacts with Tai, and now Omnimon is even more powerful of a card because it had that color identity attached to it. So white is what they use when they don't want uh, colors to be interacting with that type of a card. Imagine if the sister mons were red and could digivolve off of red. Jessmon would actually be insanely uh, powerful just because now your Digimon are also red to be interacting with your red-based deck. Part of Jessmon's problem was the limitation that it had because you have to run sister mons, which were white, which don't really interact with your cards that much at all. That's why Chimeramon, as another example from BT8, he's white is because... They don't want you to be able to search him. They don't want you to be able to use him in unforeseen ways just because they decided to give him a particular color. Even though before, we've seen him in uh, purple before. Yeah. Even with white as the anti-synergy color, we don't want you to lean too much into one thing or the other. All of the white option cards 
given White's or the option card's restriction to requiring a Tamer or Digimon of its color, everything printed after all delete, so excluding Mega Digimon Fusion, which is now banned, and all delete, which is just a bad card, um, then I guess Cutting Edge, because it was AL Spawn, but AL Spawn was white, all the other white option cards have criteria in which you could ignore their color requirements because you're not running white tamers or digimon or that's not the primary focus of your deck you know you have armor texture where if you have an armor in play you can play this without meeting its requirements so you can play it in any armor deck you know green blue yellow red it doesn't matter win rate 60 percent if you have any tamer in play you could ignore this color requirements and they do this more than just on white cards too because we've seen them on plugins but the plugins are more for a thematic purpose like they just don't want you to want have 100 percent synergy with white cards while still being able to want and include white cards into your deck like if cool boy was a colored tamer that's obviously putting cool boy in favor with that color and instead they made him white so that way you don't have that interaction while him still being a good card to be included in any X-Antibody-based deck, just because of, well, what he's doing and how the X-Antibody mechanics are trying to play with each other. Yeah, that's also why it makes a lot of sense to me mechanically that the D-Reapers ended up being white, because A, they aren't Digimon, and B, like by putting them as a white, white um, Digimon across the board then it makes it so that they can't accidentally get used in another deck for some reason because um, Digimon being an eternal format where cards are always legal, it future-proofs something like Searcher becoming randomly playable in the near future by some other card that could potentially Digivolve off of it. Well, it also uh, makes it so that a card like Searcher, it just reads on play, draw a card, could still be used in various other decks if that's the type of a card that they're looking for. So purple, I've seen people meme around with Searcher in purple because they just hard play it, they draw a card, and now you have a good card that's worth sacrificing to be able to gain some of your various other card effects depending on the purple deck that you're running. So just because it's white and it has limited interaction with all of the different colors doesn't mean it's completely devoid of that interaction. Yeah, I don't know how popular it was in your local meta. I've only seen it once or twice myself, but the uh, security control decks that forego a colored egg entirely and just run a mother and gatekeeper package? Uh, that was not a thing in my locals. I was just trying to help uh, build my locals up with whatever they were trying to build. So a lot of my locals is just whatever my brothers wanted to play at the time and just a couple of other people. So uh, they weren't super heavily invested, so we didn't really see much of that. Yeah, it's it was obviously never very competitive, so it wouldn't see played at the tournament level, but um, there are players that have played it at my locals before trying to make it work, basically. Like, just any deck that doesn't need rookies or doesn't need uh, eggs could technically just substitute um, Mother and Gatekeeper into their deck. So hybrid decks, got it. Yep. You heard it first, hybrid yep. uh, hybrid D-Reapers. Hybrid Reapers. But yep. um, 
yeah, like as far as the the color identity goes, it there are just really a lot of ways that Digimon could potentially be better from adopting the allied and enemy color pairs cuz uh I don't think there's a singular graphic that will like show the orientation of the colors like they are in Magic, but you could also kind of assume them based on current dual color pairings that aren't armors and what it means for them. So, like just looking at multicolor Digimon in general that have been printed, while they are they're still expanding upon the list, the early list really does show which colors they think make sense together. Yellow, purple, yet and red, black being the easiest too, right? Like those are definitely ally color pairs. And then, and then blue, green, blue, green, yeah. So those, yeah, because that covers all of the different colors. Yellow, purple is one. Red, black is another. Blue, green. So you have your bases covered in terms of like starting to put that together. So. And then you you move from there, and we've got random one-offs. Purple, green, green, red for the Tyrannomon line. Green, yellow. Blue, black. For, green, yellow for Digmon and Rapidmon. But, um, you know, and we're moving forward, so I know... And Duo Tamers also help facilitate this type of a thing. Like, Digimon and how it treats colors is really, really fascinating, because at one point, they're like kind of pseudo hard locked where it's just like okay yes these are the general things that you're going to see for the each of the colors but on the other hand like the way options work as long as you have a tamer of or a card of the same uh color as the option you're trying to play then you could just play it so we've seen decks before where they're playing a completely different color egg than what their main deck is consisted of just to be able to utilize other color option cards yeah or you'd have stuff where previously without these dual color digimon it it did really restrict you to a single color because you couldn't digivolve otherwise and uh a lot of early players um i kind of saw like i still see people trying to mess around with color combinations and deck combinations that generally people would frown upon just because the game is not in the state to accommodate what they're trying to do. So they'll be like, oh, I'm going to play Tyrannomons, except I'm going to use both the green, the hard green mono Tyrannomons and the hard red mono red Tyrannomons. And then they think that it could work. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't really work that way. It's going to end up being bricky. Like you see something like uh, Imperial Jamon, where it merges the two colors, where it's basically almost its own thing. Like, uh blue and green right now is just imperial german um although obviously in the future we already know based on japanese spoilers that's not 100 always going to be the case but i digress and uh they're just trying to figure out what they could possibly do with these different color combinations and what that means for the game and i think as we move into the future and we really like flesh out what it means to be a color or what different color combinations mean then we can then devolve more interesting combinations so uh blue green so far is as you mentioned is almost exclusively imperial german but we've now seen that with the examon line there there is uh, there are other options there are other ways you can make blue green digimon blue green decks that makes sense 
Um, something that is currently lacking in Digimon, and I guess the, the design of the game doesn't really allow it, but the idea to try and create interesting strategies by combining colors like the Tyrannomon thing just, just are kind of restricted because you cannot digivolve over you know certain things or you end up with something that cannot digivolve over the only rookie you have and then you're stuck and you can't progress the game and you're just you're too slow and you lose so as of right now what a lot of players have done to adopt multiple different colors is via the use of tamers to count as those sources or at worst, if they're not really relying on digivolving at all, um, they are also using their eggs just to be able to play the different colored options. So I know Machine Dramon, as an example, played around with blue eggs and played around with blue tamers to be able to use Kaiser Nail because of the synergies that it has with on play effects, which is, well, the main on play effect you're trying to gain is out of Machine Dramon. So that's kind of how a lot of people like old style use uh multiple different colors in a singular deck is just trying to figure out what is the most effective way to be able to splash in this color um and i don't think that's like a bad way of thinking at all considering it gives you lots of different deck variety and deck diversity and allows you to have some expression and be creative on what you're going to be using and how you're going to be using it i know one thing that they've been fairly measured about is just how the developers need to make sure that when they're making these dual color Digimon, they're not making them generally strictly better than their single colored counterparts, because then you end up in a world where you have monocolored decks just running um, like a five, a level five transition point, and then hard pivoting away, and you end up with something. Um, I mean, I guess not too far off of, but, you know, in a not designed, uh, Black War Greymon, where you just run the red Greymon line, and then the, the red, black, metal Greymon, and then now you can run a completely, strictly black level 6 that is potentially designed around being in a black deck that all of a sudden has access to all these DP increases, all this sec plus one that it technically by its color identity digivolving exclusively from black level fives shouldn't have access to and that was my initial fear when they decided to start doing two color digimon is like enough of them and enough good transition points could actually render colors completely useless but right now uh what they're trying to do is they're trying to not necessarily shy away from colors they're putting colored theming on the back burner and they're trying to go more for name-based theming right now um and trait-based theming which are also um interesting aspects uh that some other card games don't necessarily have is just all of the different types of synergies that they could line up and lean into so i know with bt10 cross hearts everything cares about cross hearts and it allows you to use your cross hearts cards almost agnostically regardless of what color it actually is and that's, while really cool, also could be really dangerous if they do that type of a thing too much as well, just because now you're getting option interaction and tamer interactions that are more color specific 
that are supposed to be color specific that now are playing with things that they generally weren't intended for. And that's part of the fun of it is figuring out those combinations. But that also is uh, very scary on a designer because now they have more potential things to think about when designing a card. Like, how is this going to be interacting with X type of a card? Um, so they do have a very uh, interesting balancing act that they have to try to perform uh, when it comes to all of these different types of uh, various synergies in place, whether it's color, name, or trait. Yeah, uh, especially when it comes to the option cards, because the option cards were printed with the idea that it's something that I wasn't expecting when I was thinking of what a two-color option card would look like is that it requires both colors to be present to cast it legally from your hand. And that restriction makes them prohibitively difficult to cast in theory, but with all these two-color Digimon running around, you could technically, again, run a completely yellow two, or, you know, eggs, three, four, five, and then transition um, to purple-yellow and all of a sudden you have access to Flame Hellscythe, Chaos Degradation, and the like. And that's like kind of where uh, color starts to be very difficult to like pin down as far as like what each of the colors is supposed to do. Like, I mean, I guess like they're still trying to, like all these two color cards are still being on theme with picking an aspect of both of the colors and mushing it into one card. Um, considering all of the different mechanics that are being in play. Um, and obviously there are some mechanics that are still hard locked to uh, colors as of right now, but that's not to say that because of all these two color cards that won't be more open or broken in the future. And, you know, as Magic has very, uh, has plenty of time to go over its colors and combinations of colors, they've moved beyond two colors and all of its potential uh, combinations to three four and five color combinations something that i don't necessarily see digimon getting to but at least i would potentially see three color as something that we could see in in the far future i don't like like if we get there yeah um i I don't know how they're going to like, I mean, I do know how they can kind of do it, but right now um, drawing a comparison to um, Dragon Ball Super, one of their other more popular games, and even looking at some of the stuff from um, the One Piece card game, they don't necessarily do anything past two colors very often um, just because it's just easier to do two colors. And if you're running a multicolor deck, you're just running multiple uh, cards that are able to have access to those two colors with a single color point. So like uh, a red, black, uh, purple deck for Digimon, red might be the center point just because red can dip a little bit into black and red can dip a little bit into purple depending on the synergies you're trying to line up. I can see it happening potentially in the future if we get a diverse pool of certain archetypical lines, but then you're less caring about the color and caring more about the archetype. Like somehow marrying the red purple um imperial line with the blue green imperial line if if they ever at one point in the future share a color then 
we could potentially combine conflicting lines via a common well, this color. Is also, well, this is also where name-based synergies kind of like also break color because yeah. it cares about the name. So a card could just say Impure Dramon Dragon Mode can digivolve into Fighter Mode and well, it could not even be of any relating colors and it's still a legal play because the alternate requirement is name-based. So it's like color means less to Digimon than other card games while still being a very significant aspect of the game, which is what makes it so fascinating because like you do have your very stereotypical like color uh, identities where it's just like red is all about big damage and security attack plus yellow is about uh, DP reduction and debuffs. Then you have blue, which is uh, bounce and draw and try to be uh, memory efficient and aggro. You have green, which is just tempo efficient, going up the stages as quickly as you possibly can, as efficiently as you possibly can. And it controls can. the board the best of any color, too. Like, yeah. affecting your opponent's Digimon, or affecting your own Digimon in interesting ways. Yes. So, like, each of these colors do have their own, like little pockets and pools of uh, mechanical identities that they generally start with, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's where they end with as well. Yeah. Um, especially, I could see, um, for the three-color Digimon, something like... I, they would probably start with and potentially stop with something that they technically kind of have right now, where it would be like a two-color evolution requirement with a name-based alternative evolution requirement allowing a third color to dip in somewhere but yeah like their their third color could be like base design based on name so it's just like oh uh going back to imperial jamon as a, as a good example well fighter mode could uh digivolve off of um dragon mode and dragon mode could be two completely different colors um and that's like the whole intention is to try to marry those colors through uh, the name and the archetype. And that's kind of why black kind of was doing so poorly in the early stages of the game's development and why it was hugely memed on was because it didn't have a whole lot of identity and it was just all archetypes that never were really finished. And now black is starting to emerge just because black is finishing some of those archetypes and those archetypes are actually pretty strong, especially inside of the color. And even outside of the color, sometimes they're pretty strong too. Well, I mean, just just look at Alpha Mon as an example. They've gotten archetypical support in one color for three sets now. So you have a point where you have more than enough potential pieces so that when you, you play a Cool Boy in an Alpha Mon deck, as long as you're hitting a Digimon, it is a legal target which is something that was a huge problem for the deck previously because you'd play your coda and you'd reveal four cards and you'd pull an ex anybody and you might not see one out of the top four Digimon that you pulled. And the interesting part is you don't necessarily have to be 100% in theme with the um, X antibody stuff for the Doru line specifically. Like, if you really wanted to, Black has a Metal Garurumon. So you could splash in that Metal Garurumon and then use the blue Metal Garurumon X antibody and still have some levels of success just because of the types of tools and cards that are laid out in front of us. Not saying that's going to be good, 
but that is something that is possible and plausible. And you still get some of the X-Antibody benefits because a lot of the X-Antibody cards are just looking at, well, is this an X-Antibody? Which the Blue Metal Garurumon in the black deck is. Yeah. I think something that Digimon really needs to do is take a step back and look at its color identity a little bit and really like at least decide on a at a design level whether it wants to lean into more of this archetypical design or the color-based design because as as we've kind of brought up time and time again there are issues with the two if you if you lean too archetypical the colors tend to matter less and if you lean too into the colors then the few archetypical examples will just come in and steal the limelight in some cases and right now, based on, again, some of the Japanese stuff that we get spoilers of, um, they're definitely leaning more into the archetypical design, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like this is the freedom of like what they could possibly do, where it's like, okay, we have a few sets of more archetypical support where everything is kind of just super self-contained. Then you could take a step back in the next couple of sets and have more color-based stuff. Um so they, they do have the room to be able to do both, but I do think having a strong color foundation, considering that is what most people are going to sit down and see first, is the card's color, not the card's effect, or what the card is doing in combination with other cards. That is the easiest entry point to understanding what this type of a card is going to do. So like Jessmon, uh, as an example, he can do a whole bunch of different things. And he's a red Digimon. But does he really feel like a red Digimon? Uh, maybe, sometimes. He does blue things with unsuspending. He does red things with gaining DP. He does green things with gaining piercing. He does white things with having Sistermon being able to play themselves for free. He does purple things by playing the Sistermons for free from the trash. Like, Jessmon, just as an example, does a whole bunch of different things from a lot of different colors. And while that's fine and all, can I really say he's a red Digimon? I don't know. Yeah. The other thing, too, is, um, at least from my experience, I've found a lot of players are primarily color-based in deciding what they want to play. As much as there are players who will just attach to a particular Digimon line that they like, I feel like they still consider color first, even when the color isn't super necessarily relevant. Because I know, uh, so like the Imperial line as an example, has been blue-green since before dual color was a thing. But it never really was a blue-green deck. It's just a deck that also happened to include blue-green. And now that we have a literal example of that um, in the form of the purple-red Imperial line, are those players who've been playing blue-green imperial jogress just going to play purple red imperial jogress because i don't necessarily think so i think that people are more married to the color identity even when it's not even there than they are to potentially their favorite digimon line represented in very different colors and even just because imperial also currently is blue green doesn't mean it's actually really a green deck at all like it's more of a blue deck that just has a couple of green cards splashed in 
just to like help it move along. So uh, who's to say that, like you said, all of these blue green players who love Imperial Jamon to pieces are going to be able to take those same types of core and strategies that they've been playing because even the BT3 uh, Imperial Jamon, like it plays somewhat similarly, even though it's like strategies and how to get there are completely different. It has the same type of feel as the DNA Imperial line. And now that we have the, uh, or going to have in EX3, the purple uh, red one, I don't know, like you said, if they're going to adopt to that because it's a completely different playstyle than what they might be used to. Like, yes, you're still DNAing, and yes, it's still Vmon, but is that really what you enjoy out of how that deck is going to be playing? Yeah, and it is just a shame, though, because if you try and take the same mentality the same ideology from magic and you're coming over and you see the colors and you you read about them and you just look at card sets you're like hi i'm i really think i want to play a blue black deck which what's a good blue black deck that's not a fucking thing It really isn't, and like I said, when you look at a card, the first thing that you see usually is the color, and that's why I think um, Digimon would benefit from having a good f color foundation, um, and it's still never too late to really establish one, because like you have it, it's just you need to double down on what it can do. So like as an example, you have something um, like uh, blue, uh, just keep picking on blue because that's the color i'm more familiar with because that's my favorite color mechanically um i'm not that good of a red player i'm not that good of a green player because i like how blue plays um and blue has some of like really interesting stuff for me personally because one of its core things that they are starting to double down and focus on is separating its inheritable sources so now it's dipping its toes into something it started all the way back from BT1, and it's finally getting some extra support to help flesh out that type of a strategy if that's the type of uh, gameplay that you like out of your blue deck. So like purple is another color where it's like, oh, it's a very hard deck to build because of all the different synergies that are interacting with each other. But like, do I really like purple mill or do I like purple discard? Um, and if I'm liking discard, do I also like black discard? Because black sometimes does that too. So like they're they're kind of like blurring the lines, and that might be kind of confusing for players, um, just because they're trying to figure out what they like out of the color when other colors are doing the same type of a thing. I think kind of what you're getting to is that um even though the color identity forms the basis of the interaction, like from the rules perspective, and then you have that sprinkle on top of mechanical identity in the form of the archetypes, um, it really does ultimately break down to whether you prefer aggressive or control-based decks, because I've found it to be significantly easier to transition away from my yellow hybrid more towards yellow-purple decks in the form of Mastamon a little bit, but when I found my most success now with D-Reaper, and it doesn't even have a color to it. it. It's more of a play style than it is a color identity. 
And that's kind of what you were getting at before, where it's just like they they can't necessarily 100 percent have their cake and eat it, too. They have to kind of like draw certain lines on what are the boundaries that each color should generally have. And when it comes to archetypes, what are the lines that each of these archetypes should have while borrowing from the colors that it's trying to play with? And I think the two color Digimon do this the best, but it also makes the lines even more blurrier because of all of the different combinations that two color Digimon can bring. So I was initially worried, like you were saying, you could have two completely different evolution points to end up with a color uh, or with a deck that plays four different colors and it works super smoothly because of the different transition points that you're utilizing. So like, I don't know, it's it's a it's a tough situation um, that I think that they should just really focus on what they want the core to be and their base foundation because without that base foundation players are just going to get lost and they're just going to get confused in what they're trying to find and i think that was like the super hard part about um like when people ask i'm new to digimon what should i play this is the type of thing that i like um it's usually very hard to just point them in the right direction because that that might not be translatable into what Digimon is trying to do because it doesn't have that foundation. Yeah. It's definitely something that could potentially get fixed with time. So as I mentioned, like there is no blue-black deck at the moment. Blue-black was actually one of my favorite color pairings for Magic, mostly because of it was one of the premier control color pairings. But um, it doesn't look like that'll be that way in Digimon at the moment, but we also don't know what the future lies. I just do know that you can kind of align yourself with a primary color, something that you think fits your playstyle, and potentially you like the characters, um, if that's something that you really want to do. Um, if you're a fan of Agumon, it doesn't really matter which color you play, so that's pretty cool. I mean, like, I was reading online, somebody mentioned, like, this was a very passing comment, I can't even remember uh, which and where i read it but like there was a comment that basically said like the colors are actually just the digimon's emotions so taking and using salamon as an example the reason why salamon is mostly yellow is because it is a good aligned digimon but when it got its color shift to purple now it is a more evil aligned digimon and same thing with lotmon you have yellow lotmon and purple lotmon well the yellow lotmon is more good aligned and the purple is more bad aligned um, somebody also like I think attributed that to like whether it's a uh, attribute so whether it's a virus whether it's a vaccine like you might not see certain Digimon in certain uh, colors based on that as well so like there's a lot of different like weird rules and sub rules that they can really start fleshing out and creating to make something very interesting while still having some good foundations yeah there's definitely a lot of uh, ways that they could expand upon it. I know there are a lot of uh, usages of the color system that Digimon hasn't really gotten to, like I said, with three colors or more, or potentially expanding white to potentially be an actual color if they really wanted to, or, God forbid, introducing a new color, but I really don't think we get there. We have enough as it is. Um, I don't think they're going to introduce a new color. It would, it would mostly just probably deal with just 
new and unique color combinations in regards to certain Digimon lines and how you can express... Because that's something that Digimon has done well in the past, especially with the video games in line, which is like my largest experience with Digimon, is that you could take a single Agumon and you have multiple things you could Digivolve it into. And just depending upon certain dates and time you can bounce between the associated trees back and forth um i'm very uh, i haven't really played much at all but i know looking at the complicated trees from digimon survive and what it does with its evolution system is something that could potentially be brought back as more of a color identity based thing in the card game so that you don't end up with just Greymon decks that care about Greymons and Agumons, well, well, why not Tyrannomons in the Greymon deck? You know, it is an alternative evolution to Agumon. It's something that, you know, if we care more about colors than naming conventions, then could be potentially included and not just be, you know, garbage on release. Yeah, I I definitely can agree with that sentiment. Digimon is still a relatively young game. It still has lots of room to grow and improve upon itself and find more of its own identity. And I think that's part of the fun of Digimon is it is a series about growth and development. And I'm actually curious and excited to see how the game continues to, well, grow and develop, not only in terms of its mechanical uh, depth, in terms of like just how we're functionally playing the game and, uh, design depth in terms of like what kind of cards we're getting what colors they're being assigned why they're being assigned to these i think it's going to be a very interesting uh game to see uh grow and um evolve over time so with that that looks like the time for the week um as always thank you guys for sticking around to the end if you're still listening i really appreciate you listening all the way through um this is a, a little bit of a lull in the competitive scene. So without, you know, t- tournament results or meta developments to discuss specifically, we found this time to talk about more of these freeform topics. And so if there's anything in particular you guys wish us to touch upon, feel free to just, you know, leave a comment in Zenitsu's YouTube channel or go ahead and, you know, message in the chat on his Twitch page whenever he's streaming because, uh, we're still pretty low visibility right now, so any feedback we get or topic ideas, we actively discuss. We, re- we review all the comments of every video, pretty much. So stuff like that would give us direction as far as what you guys consider to be something you want to hear. And definitely give us more ideas of uh, the ordering in which we discuss these freeform topics in the couple weeks to come. Like, that's not saying that there's going to be, like, completely devoid of events. Uh, it's just usually, like, right now, I c- we could have talked about the EU and Oceanic events, but uh, we don't have as well of a spread of data to use for actually forming a good conversational topic about them. And from what I saw on Facebook, most of the meta, it- it's not really staling. It's just we're seeing the same decks emerge over and over again. So after a certain point... It is just like, okay, Garurumon's topping, Alphamon's topping, and then here's the one-ofs of everything else that's topping. Like, it, it is a interesting format, but um, 
it only can be talked about so much. So um, when we get into these downtimes, it's always appreciated uh, for your feedback and um, continued support. Okay. With that, I'm going to close out the video. Goodbye. Bye.